And we are live. Welcome to today's episode of MicroConf on Air. As always, I'm your host, Rob Walling. Every other Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, we live stream for 30 minutes. And we cover topics related to building and growing ambitious SaaS startups that bring us freedom and purpose and allow us to maintain healthy relationships. We believe that showing up every day after day, year after year, and shipping that next feature, that piece of marketing copy, or closing your next sale is the way to build a sustainable company. And today we're talking about ways to build a, how we've built a sustainable community and an in-person event. In a minute, I'm going to welcome the, our, I almost used your old title, producer Xander got a little title bump. He's not, are you director Xander now? He's our event director at MicroConf, Xander Castro. He has 14 years in events ranging from concerts to music festivals, weddings, conferences, social events, and parades. I didn't know he produced a parade. That's awesome. He is the winner of the ILEA Best Entertainment Event, the MN Minnesota Meetings and Events Up and Coming Event Producer, winner of Connect Meetings and Events 40 Under 40, or one of the one of the folks in there, formerly ran his own event production company. I stumbled upon producer Xander on Elance and Upwork. No joke. In 2014, it was seven years ago. It may even have been 2013. And Mike and I had been toiling away, spending way too much time, not what we were not really knowing what we were doing as we were producing events. And so we went to look for some help. We found Xander Castro and uh, we hired him from there. And since then he came along to uh, work full-time with us. Just, I guess it was a couple, yeah, he's almost to his two-year anniversary of full-time, full-time microcomp. So producer Xander, can I welcome you to the show? Hello, hello. It's nice to see you. Got to switch that screen. Yes. So <laughs> folks know you are both a guest on the show and also producing the show at the same time. So there's going to be there's going to be quite a bit of, of fun there. So I noticed that I'm wearing my microconf shirt, but you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I'm donning my Hawaiian print as I do every single day. <laughs> yep. I also wanted to, I'm going to see if this is a throwback for you. Do you remember this guy? Oh yes, the glassware. Microconf 2019, the last we had. Event. Yep. I love this thing. I the love number these of people that would tell me that they could not take their glassware home with them because they would break in their suitcases. My number one response, just shove a sock in. You'll be able to get it there. It's not going to be a big deal. That's what I did. I took four of these home in my bag and I checked yeah. the bag. It was all so I love this. We, we started doing glassware I don't know what, four years ago, five years ago. And so we've done different models of it. It's been really cool. So if you're in the audience, you're watching, would love to hear your questions. It's an AMA about MicroConf and you can ask specifics of the MicroConf online community, about our videos, about the back backside production process. You can ask about pretty much anything. And we'd love to hear from you. Should we start with producer Sanders getting a question in there now? I think... Yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to I'm going I'm to go ahead and take the first question okay. on this one. I'm going to turn the tables around on you. So, I've been working with you for the last 7-ish years and I've seen where Microconf has been close to the start of it. But I'm interested in hearing more about where you see things going in the next 10 years. Like we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary back in June and now we have this vision for the future and I just want to hear more about where you see things going. We've had some of these conversations, but where is MicroConf headed over the next 10 years? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And there's the EOS, the book Traction by um, Gino Wickman has the entrepreneur operating system. And in there, I think you do one, three and 10 year 
kind of visions, one, three and 10 year plans, so to speak. And I've always had a tough time. 10 years is a long time. Like the only things that I've done for 10 years are be married, ha have children and run microconf and do the podcast. That's yeah. a bit like I've never had a job longer, even drip, like start to finish the day we started working on it to the day that Derek and I left within a few months of each other was like five and a half years. So thinking 10 years out is crazy. And thinking back to when, when we started it in 2011, I just, it's that it's such a tired phrase, but like we had never imagined it would become what it is. We right. were trying to get a hundred people together in a dingy, smoky ballroom of a hotel. And now here we are years later, having impacted tens of thousands of people, thousands and thousands of attendees. And, and it, not a month goes by that we don't get an email or a tweet or something that's here's how microconf in some way changed my trajectory, maybe changed yeah. my life, maybe, but it's changed how I thought about things and made me feel like I could do this because I saw these other examples. So all that to say, um, I think the direction we've been heading is to try to bring, we used to have one microconf a year in Las Vegas, and then we had yeah. two a year in Las Vegas in Europe, and then we had three a year. And that 2020, if COVID had not happened, we would have had eight microcomps, I believe. And right. and we didn't, we had zero, except for our remote, <laughs> we had our remote events, but no in person. Right. And yeah. so I think a big push that you and I have explored is how do we bring microcomps to more people? And that's right. what the microconf local push is. And so I, assuming that it is still an experiment, like we don't know for sure it's going to work. Having these local events that are one day, they're low purchase price. They're around, we want to keep them around a hundred in local currency, a hundred pounds right. US, hundred euros. And they're just low commitment. And we want to reach folks who haven't, either don't have the means to get to a growth event or they're just on the fence about, should I pay whatever, 800 or or $1,000 for a ticket? Should I fly? Should I get a hotel? It's hard to get away from home. But once you touch a microconfident around that community, I think there's a big difference. So I see a continued expansion into our local events to try to get more events around the world and get an event close to every, every listener and every person on our list. I see us doubling, continuing to double down on education. I think some people forget, they think of microconf as an in-person event. Really, it started as let's get together and be, have a community. And also let's educate that community. Like those were the cornerstones that we started from. And that's what we built on now, right? Now we have an online community and in person. And I think that education, I could see us in 10 years having a developed, I don't even want to, I don't like saying this, but like a curriculum, more knowledge and information that we can pull out to help people get started. In my mind, the mission of microconf is to, it's to expand, to grow the number of you know, independent startups, self-sustaining independent startups in the world. Like we want that right. number to increase. And we have in played a, we've played a part in doing that so far. And so how, so when you, we start at that mission, what do people need? Some people need funding or want funding to get bigger. And that's why we started tiny seed out of microconf and some people want community. And that's why we have microconf connect. And that's why we have right. in-person events. And some people want education and that's how we have it. We've had the conferences and there's all types of stuff. So I see us continuing to push into those avenues. And also the mastermind matching has been so well received and so successful. And that's just an extension of community, right? right? That's just building smaller communities where you get three or four people together and they support each other almost in a one to one-on-one -on -one fashion. It's one to three or one to right. four. But I love the idea of continuing to do that as well as- Yeah, I've yeah go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, I think that the challenges we ran into with COVID wiping out, I, I don't know if anybody remembers the future of Microcom video we put out. There was a kind of this big splash around all of these different events we were going to be hosting. To have all of that just completely pulled away, we needed to make a shift in terms of the way that we were communicating with the audience. And so developing all of the different digital products that we have, all of the video resources, the podcasts, all of these different opportunities to connect founders with founders with thought leaders and people that are doing the work in this space, like I, I think that we we accelerated the pace that we were planning to put out kind of these new resources that are going to help increase the volume of digital entrepreneurs and software entrepreneurs that are self-sustaining, that are customer funded, like that we moved our timeline up by a year, having to remove all of our in-person events, which is what I really enjoy doing. And so it's been a fun balance of trying to figure out how to create more content, higher value in or higher value digital pieces of product to really find a way to deliver that expectation that people were looking for during our in-person events in a completely digital fashion. So I think that now that we've set the groundwork for that, it's super exciting looking ahead at being able to bring people back together and give them that same microconf experience in person while also having all of this background in digital content. I agree. And yeah. something I like about how we attacked that was just the experimentation of it. Of, we're going to try a remote and we'll do it this way. And we had segments and it, some of it worked, some of it didn't. And then we tried it a different way, which was more focused on the, what is it? What, it was like the four or five early stage marketing approaches. And that seemed to resonate with people as well. And so all of this is an experiment. And I think that's something I've appreciated about it. I think that's the hard part of looking out 10 years is I don't know what experiments are going to work yet. I can tell you, we're going to try a lot of experiments and the ones that work and resonate, we're going to continue to double down on the ones that don't we will sh shelve for now until the time is right. That's and it. with remote, remember out of what, whatever, however many hundreds of 650, 700 tickets we sold, there were like 500 people that had never attended a microconf or right. something. It was a tremendous amount. And that was a realization for us too. It was like, oh, this isn't, these aren't just the people who've been to the in-person events. We are able to impact more people. And that's the goal here, right? Is how, how many people can we positively impact and encourage to, to do more to get to self-sustaining quicker? Yeah, as I look at the numbers of, of just access points that people we've created over the course of the last year and a half, like 8,000 plus new subscribers on YouTube. We had just launched this YouTube channel that we're sitting on right now. Like the new opportunities that we created to have access to the content that we were developing and the conference talks, like we our, our lists have really expanded and we have the ability to reach way more people. And I think part of that was the dedicated focus on not just live event work. It was as pushing those digital marketing strategies that we see across tons of different products that people are building within the community itself, just taking some of those elements and incorporating them into a digital community or an online community, plus our brand. There was just a couple of routes that we could play around with there. Excellent. So we have a question from William Gordon, and he says, I just booked tickets to Portland, and that's Portland, Oregon. For those watching, not Portland, Maine. What should I expect? Looking forward to it. This is a microconf local event happening in just a 
what about us five, six weeks from now? Yep. September 15th. So that's yep. happening in Portland. Yeah. So one day event, it's going to run from 10 o'clock until 6 p.m. approximately in Portland. That's actually the schedule for all of the local events that are going to be taking place over the course of the uh, four cities that we're hosting in. We are going to be hosting four different kind of keynote style conversations with a little bit of mastermind element tied into it. So we're going to be mashing all of the people that have purchased tickets to the event pre-event so that they have a group of people to start connecting with before they get to the events on site. We are looking at some interesting elements in terms of the way that COVID has progressed over the course of the last couple of weeks in terms of restricting capacity even further than we had anticipated, implementing some particular strategies around the way that we are going to be seating people, the way that we're going to be checking people in. We're going to be publishing a pretty thorough guide on how we are going to be doing the things that we can do to control uh, the space so that we're providing kind of the safest experience possible. We're also going to be serving lunch. We're going to be doing a happy hour style thing towards the end of the day. We have Asia Arangio, who's going to be coming out from to each of the four locations that we're hosting these events. And she's going to be spending time talking about finding your best opportunities for finding growth customers. So I think that part is going to be able to tie a through line throughout each of the individual locals. We wanted to have it be a similar experience across each individual city. So I think that is going to be a unique element of this particular series of events. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be relatively condensed microconf into a one-day experience while we also add that hallway track experience that people are used to when they come up to the actual events. Yep, it's a pretty good summary. It's a one day. It's about, what, six or seven hours, including happy hour. And it's, as you said, Asia Arangio from Demand Maven will be speaking, Jordan Gall, from Cart Hook and Rally, Tracy Osborne and myself. So four speakers and then lots of time to connect. That's what we found. We've run a couple almost impromptu local events in the past where I tweeted out and then mentioned on a podcast and get 50, 60 people in a room in the same city. And they realized, oh, I di- we didn't know each other. They had never met each other, but they're bootstrappers and they're people trying to do this thing, trying to get to self-sustaining. And it's cool to be able to bring the speakers in town, but the speakers, as always, are an excuse for all of us to get together. So if we can get 50 to 100 people into a room and you find out, wait, you live down the street from me, you live in that next neighborhood, wait, we work in the same building, like that is, I think, a big, that's the permanent takeaway because there's going to be tactics and strategies. It's that's an inspiration. That's always microconf, but building those relationships within the cities is going to be a big key to it. Definitely. All right. Another question. Why the departure from Las Vegas? So for folks who don't know, our U.S. growth event was in Vegas through from 2011 through 2019. And then in 2020, we were going to do Minneapolis. And now that's 2022, which will be our next one. But producer Xander, why did we make that executive decision? Yeah. So we have a interesting... uh... Vegas is an interesting city. It's glitz, it's glamour, it's also a little bit grungy. It's got this vibe or this reputation for just being a place of extravagance, of lushness, of of indulgence, (laughs) debauchery. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, it's not necessarily counter to the microconf brand it's not something that our audience is constantly seeking that's not a high level 
desire or wish from our audience. And so we've got some feedback year after year that if the event was hosted anywhere but Las Vegas, it would be better. <laughs> so we saw the other side of that conversation where people were actively telling us that they weren't interested in coming because of the city itself. There was a degree of safety that people were concerned about, smoky hotels, things to that effect. Like there, there are... I'll admit I have never been to Vegas outside of a work context. And for the most part, if I ever were to go just for fun, it would be no more than 36 hours and I would find a way to get out as quickly as possible. And so from my personal perspective, it's not the destination that I'm trying to go to all the time, but we had wanted to start pursuing different cities other than Las Vegas. Probably back in 2016 was the first time that we had put out a request to see if there were any other locations that would be able to hold the event. I think one of the things that you consider is that Las Vegas is a really cost-effective location to be able to host these events. And we've always wanted to have a relatively low ticket price, uh, really cheap accommodation, central flight location. Just uh, we wanted to be able to manage the costs that the attendees themselves were going to experience so that they weren't, we weren't putting a lot of pressure on them in order to attend. And I think that given the expansion of microconf locals that we were looking to pursue, it, it created an opportunity for us to broaden the number of cities we were going to be in to reduce the costs for the folks that were coming out to what was microconf starter by putting it in locations that were closer to the audience that were coming out to the events anyway. Turn it into a one day so you don't have as much of a time investment that you are required to give in order to attend the event, but also to to as you said, increase the number of digital entrepreneurs and software entrepreneurs that are out there. Like that is that mission that we've been talking about is, is to really to increase the number of people that are able to do this and the resources that they need to do it to open that up a little bit more. So it isn't, uh, it doesn't cost them a capital investment just to be able to attend, event, attend an event that we think is going to provide a lot of value for their education in this space. Yeah, and that was a, you named several factors that we consider when we're picking locations. And when some things we liked about Vegas are it's easy to get to, yeah. usually cheap flights, big airport. It's made to get a lot of people moved around. It's warm, and yeah. even in the early spring, warmish. We've had some cold, windy days, but in general, it's warmer than having it in a cold location. And the price. As you said, the room yeah. for the hotel rooms, as well as the actual ticket prices we could provide. And those were the three benefits because a lot of the other stuff, as you said, were negatives. And we had right. folks mention to us or tweeting it out. And to be honest, a lot of them were women who said, I don't feel comfortable coming to, to Las Vegas. And that was a big issue because we know that diversity across all of tech and across all of all startups is a big issue. And we have, we take diversity, equity, and inclusion very seriously here as we have for, for years. And we, this was, that was a, a non-trivial part of this decision right. was to make it more, I guess I'll say welcoming, or just, as you said, feeling safe for more yeah. people. Now, would we never have a microconf in Vegas again? No, I, I think there's a possibility we would. Yeah, microconf ever come back to Vegas? Um, that's a question there. We have no plans to do that, but I would certainly never say never. See, I don't mind. I think you mind Vegas more than I do. My grandma lived there. And so I, we would go like two or three times a year. So I'm kind, even when I was a kid, so I'm used to it. And if you go to the non-smoky hotels and if you go to the shows, right. and the shows are amazing. Like I saw Beatles Love and we saw a bunch of Cirque shows and that's what I you know, enjoy and a little bit of camera yeah. in there. 
I think this goes to the idea of like, where is your dream destination as well? If yeah. price wasn't a limiting factor, if these other elements were avoidable in the context of what it's going to cost in order to be able to produce this, in order to be able to attend it. Like I, as you said, like with the feedback that we got from our female side of the audience in terms of a distaste for Las Vegas, just given the reputation that the city has, I think that is what would pretty significantly preclude me from wanting to pursue Las Vegas as a destination again for the event, just because that is one of my biggest charges and one of the things that I put I, I feel like I hold the most responsibility for is creating a space that feels safe, that feels inclusive, and that everybody feels like they belong. And so I think that just taking that piece of feedback into consideration is useful, is important. But I also think that there are so many other destinations where you can capture a similar sentiment to the excitement and the energy and the kind of awesomeness of the shows, the food scene, things like that, that you do find in Vegas. I think there are so many other places that you potentially can find that specifically like new york los angeles there are there's these major metropolitan destinations that that are a little price exclusive so that's one of the reasons that this is a little bit of a pipe dream but there are destinations that kind of fill those holes that moving out of Las Vegas that might be created. But I think that if we are able to get to a point where we can mitigate the costs that are associated with going to those types of destinations, that would be my default. Yep. That makes sense. Speaking, you brought up dream locations. If money were no object, I think that's yeah. a really good question. Someone threw that out the other day. And I got to be honest, like I've wanted to have a microconf in Minneapolis and in Denver for quite some time because I really yeah. like the downtowns of those cities. And you totally. know, it's probably no no accident that growth 2022 in US is Minneapolis and 2023 is, is Denver. Yeah. But aside from that, I I really like Boston. I lived yeah. there for a year. I would love to do it there. The hotels are 350 a night and I, it's just been cost prohibitive. Um, we would need to charge a lot more than right. a typical microconf growth, but I'd love Boston. I like New York. Uh, mm -hmm. I like New York in short, small doses, two, two, 48 hour, 72 right. hour doses, like in terms of Manhattan and the energy there. This is yeah. cool. And then I'm exhausted. So I wouldn't yeah. mind doing that. Um, and then I don't know, having lived in LA, I don't know if I would do it in LA. There, it's just such sprawl. I guess we could pick like, you'd have to almost pick Pasadena. I want something that has that downtown energy. Pasadena would be outrageously expensive, but that's why it's a dream location maybe. San Diego is another one that I think would be super fun. Just to have a microconf near a beach, like we do yeah. in Croatia, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. Cool. Like microconf in Hawaii sounds fantastic. <laughs> I, no, don't, I don't have to go anywhere at that point. And so <laughs> there's a lot of positives that come with that. But as you look at some of your more luxury destinations, you've got places like Dubai, you've got places like Hawaii, you've got uh, uh, the Caribbean, there are some pretty nice places out there. But the Maldives, Bali, like there are just these amazing locations that you could host in that like, my dream destination would be a space station on the moon. Could you imagine flying everybody up, getting them to the moon, setting up conference tables, doing like spacewalks, like that is 
that's the dream. But yeah, <laughs> you're an event producer. I don't know if the millions and millions per person that would cost is going to be a viable option for us. That's why it's a dream location, though, right? It's Jean so funny. Philippe is saying voting for Hawaii. So yeah, I'll, I'll I take that. <laughs> I I would not put it past us. To, so for folks who don't know, producer Xander lives in Hawaii, and so this is a natural. It's a natural something to have there, whether we to try a local there or whether we do a full on event. I guess there wouldn't be that many folks living on Hawaii in the microconf community, so we probably have to do a longer one. But if you're interested in moving out to Hawaii, I'm currently working at Impact Hub in or Hub Hawaii. It used to be part of Impact Hub out here, and so they are looking to open a bunch of locations all across the island. So hmm. this is not an advertisement. I am not getting sponsorship dollars, but I am stealing a conference room today. Nice. Let's see what else. There, there's a question about the plans for the next few years. I know we talked a little bit, you asked me at the top right. about 10 years out, but what, do, you know, what have we been talking about, but either, I guess, internally that you feel comfortable sharing or what have we said publicly that maybe people have forgotten, right? Because we, like you said, we made a big announcement in December of 2019. And it's, have we revisited that of like, hey, we're doing, we're trying to do a microconf Asia next year, for example, assuming. Yeah. So I think that some of the things that just casual reminders for people are that the microconf video vault here on YouTube has over 300 videos that we have gathered from different conferences over the course of the last 10 years. We have these microconf on air episodes that are live streamed every other Wednesday and those that archive is all available here. We've got the MicroConf podcast. So this is less about the future and more about the things that we said we were going to do during that future of MicroConf conversation that we have really honed in on and, and we've executed on those. MicroConf Connect, if you're not in there, that's microconfconnect.com. That is our Slack community. So we're putting that together. We're really excited that we're going to be looking at hiring a community manager over the course of the next couple of weeks. So if you pop over to microconf.com, bottom on the footnote, there's a jobs posting that's down there. So you can click over there if you have any interest in. We'd love to have of, yeah, totally. I think that's one of the things that I am really excited about is to really just increase the value of the community experience, especially within Slack, getting people connected digitally, especially right now. And especially as we have over the course of the last year and a half, like we really want to, we, this community can, being a executor and someone, a founder within the world of independence ask and kind of your the side hustle as you're in your earliest stages as you're side hustling you may be working on this product from your basement or you may be working from home constantly the one of the pieces of feedback that we've gotten frequently is that there is a bit of a sense of isolation that you can run into and so that's one of the key reasons that you guys started microconf is just to be able to bring people together and i think that is that is one of the goals that we've always created and i think by bringing on a community manager whose sole responsibility or one of their sole responsibilities is to foster that sense of community, to increase engagement, to, to spark conversations, and to encourage people to continue chatting and, and getting to know one another. I think that's going to be a really cool opportunity to see the community evolve within within Slack specifically. And then to see that on the outside and to see people in person at, at future events, I think that's going to be pretty exciting as well. Yep. I we like got a it. question in uh, YouTube here. Can I join MicroConf from India? And of course, as Rob mentioned, we made some announcements last year. There, we uh, You can head over to microconfconnect.com and join the Slack community at any point. That is a global community. We've got about 2,200 people that are in there. And we also have plans to host MicroConf Asia in 2022. 
Um, looking at dates and destinations right now, we've got to narrow down. I don't know if we want to talk about that quite yet, mostly because I like to be cagey about those types of things until I have signed contracts. But we are planning on heading out to Asia for our first flagship microconf growth conference in Asia. Otherwise, we have microconf Europe happening in Dubrovnik or our microconf local program. So it gets a little bit closer to you in India, but our intention is to try and find a way to get across all six primary continents. And if I can get onto Antarctica, I would love to do that as well. Microconf local Antarctica. I love that idea. Yeah. In addition, there's always youtube.com slash microconf, obviously, to watch the watch our content. And the conf remote, we'll be doing another microconf remote. I don't know that we have it on the books now, but that's something yeah. that makes it really easy. Those are low cost events. It's last time we did it, it's what about five hours total. And we split it yeah. over three days. So you didn't have to sit five hours in front of it and you work it around your work. These are all ways that you can get value, get inspiration and get ideas and start to start to get invested in the community and allow the community to invest in you as well. Sir, we are at time. It always goes so fast. I could go for another 30 minutes just chatting about microconf. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, we're going to as we start our one-on-one -on -one weekly call. Yeah, that's right. Why don't <laughs> right we, after we just live stream that? <laughs> let's, just, let's just hang out on the live stream as we do our internal conversation. Yeah, that'll be that great. great. I love it. So, <laughs> Producer Xander, if folks want to keep up with you, you are Producer Xander on Twitter. That's with an X-A-N-D-E-R. And that's obviously, great. if folks want to see what you're working on, microconf.com. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me, sir. For sure. As we roll out and producer Xander steps, he steps back behind the screen and I think our outro music's gonna start. I wanna thank Hey and Stripe for being our headline partners once again in 2021 and into 2022. Next up, August 18th, we're gonna be talking, I'm gonna be talking with Jennifer Yip of Lunch Money, talking about building a B2C SaaS app. It's great to see you today. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Talk to you guys soon.